episode of Learned, the podcast, with your hosts, Dr. John Paul and Kevin Allred. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Learned. I am your host, Dr. John Paul. And I'm Kevin. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, good. Yeah. I mean, I'm over it, Dot org or whatever with life but um we're uh we got it we're here we've macgyvered a a little situation here for recording look yes (laughs) my microphone is (laughs) yeah my microphone got all we're gonna get you a new microphone girl so i gotta send you one this week myself i'm gonna send you a new microphone so you ain't got to worry about these problems the stupid company wants me to send it into them so they can test it and now we've we've macgyvered a situation to get this recording done so here we are yes (laughs) but we but we're here and everything hopefully this will work out um for everybody so i'm really happy um what i will say is uh we have been on somewhat of a hiatus because of the technical issues we've been (laughs) dealing with and then also too we've been extremely extremely busy between the two of us i mean you have your book i've been kind of writing and i've been traveling and so it's just been a lot but we thank you for tuning into this episode and we thank you for asking like where is the podcast and so we're here and we're queer and we will try to be a little bit better about timing so right but yeah but girl how you doing (sighs) good other than other than you know the kind of tornado of news and and life and everything yeah Um, yeah it's a lot. And I think we... It's, it's we so say interesting. that every week. <laughs> every week is a lot because every week is a lot. It really is. And we've it's had just... like six weeks, eight weeks since... I No, I don't know how since our last episode. Um, and it's a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Times yeah. eight. It's been probably about five or six weeks since we did the last episode. And I mean, we had Aretha pass away. We had... Um, the the White House, I'm expecting the White House to just explode at any given time um, because of just how much mess is continuing to happen there. Yeah, it just um, keeps building. It, everything, every week there's something new. And then like last week, it felt like last week was two weeks in one week. Mm-hmm. Like I got to Wednesday and was just like, girl, when is this week going to be over? Because this week is long. Yeah. So um, I'm right there with you. But overall, I'm again, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be on the mic. So. Um, that's that on that. So, um, we're going to go get ahead and get started this week with our syllabus. And this week we are going to be talking about social media culture. <laughs> I mean, I guess we can just kind of dive in cause who child, it's a lot. Right. We've talked yeah. about this before, but like this mm-hmm. in particular, well, I guess we've talked about these things before, but it's been, it's, I don't, it just keeps like the white house. It feels like it keeps ratcheting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, to just these astronomical levels of, mm-hmm. I don't know. But one of the things, I guess, to kind of skew it a little bit different than things we've usually talking about, um, right. you wanted to go in about like this kind of blue check culture. Well, yeah, what is it called? Blue <laughs> blue yeah. check. We I don't, don't have we them. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think about it, like, often, right? Like, okay, so when we first, you know, before we kind of jumped on the mic and we started talking about what are we going to talk about this week, I know we were going to get into a whole bunch of pop culture stuff, but I think there's a big piece that kind of, like, as much as we were getting into talking about pop culture, there was something to be said about how pop culture plays a role and the way folks with blue checks are viewed, uh, what we say and what we don't say, um, how we're seen in society. And so not even really thinking about just social media culture, but thinking about how social media has created this um kind of this unsaid uh, um you're not you can do this but you can't do this Mm -hmm. with that blue check right so you know so per se random smoke joe smo or you know or you know Nicole or Christina or whoever her name is or whatever their name is, right? They are a random person on Twitter and they say, you know, the government is terrible. Everybody is awful. Everybody needs, you know, I I wish certain artists and things would go away. People kind of roll their eyes and just go, okay, that's just another random person on social media talking, right? But then with me, you know, someone who has written all these articles or have been in all these, you know, has written, you know, things for books and all of that, I say something, right? And how the world responds to that differently. And I guess that's what I was trying to get at today of like the expectation that comes with the blue check Mm. of like, 
I'm supposed to be able to give myself thoroughly to people all the time at any given time. But then when it really comes to me talking about my own feelings or how I feel about certain things, how I'm supposed to so, you know, somewhat be quiet about it or I'm not supposed to like divulge. And I guess, you know, kind of tangenting, but kind of staying in the same lane, like down to me even talking about some of my own personal issues, right? Like I went through, um, I don't know if many of you know, but like for the most of the summer, I, I had talked to a friend of mine this weekend about this, like starting in June, from like June to probably I would say maybe the tail end of August, I went through a really dark time. And when I say dark, it has probably been the darkest I have ever allowed myself to get to, to a point where I was literally not even able to get out of bed at certain days. Like certain days I would literally just sit in the bed and I would literally fill the cover up over my face. And I would say, I, I can't do anything today. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm really stressed. And it wasn't until I actually, you know, I got a therapist. I started going back to therapy that I, you know, that I was able to deal with some of that stuff. But I wanted to talk about that on social media. And I had all these people around me going, you know, that's bad for your brand. That's not cool. Don't talk about it. And I'm going, I'm human, just like everyone else. Why shouldn't I be able to talk about my stress or my my disappointments with life or some of the other issues that I have? Like, why is it that everyone feels like I, I should have to be quiet about it? And so I think about this often, right? Like how when you are a blue checker, quote unquote, or when you have that blue check, how you don't really get the liberties to talk about things the way that other people do. So that's kind of where I hmm. wanted to start the conversation today. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. um, well, and just the idea that, I don't know, what does it even mean? What, <laughs> you know, I got, I got my, I'm, I still feel like nobody, like I am just some person, like I'm just me. Mm -hmm. I've always, I've yeah. never been, and I'm not necessarily out there trying to, curate or create a, a brand. I mean, I, I guess there's been times or moments where I've been more thoughtful of that, but um, admit to my detriment and, and benefit in different cases. But um, like people, a lot of people assume that it means something that it doesn't, mm -hmm. or it gives a, a validity to someone's point of view that it doesn't need to. I don't know, like... I got mine because I was being like doxxed and threatened and in some cases people can pretend to be you and you know when everything was happening with my whole situation with Rutgers and so they verified my account to show that it was me um, and people are like oh congratulations I'm like why like uh, I guess it's cool but it doesn't yeah. mean anything I have to say is worthwhile. No. No. <laughs> There are a lot of people with blue checks that ain't saying nothing. <laughs> and I think that that's a, a bigger part of like, you know, I, I, I call it the blue check gang. There is this, like, I like to refer to them as like, not necessarily gang in the sense of like an actual <laughs> gang, but I feel like there are people who, who use said blue check. I guess like, I guess what I'm trying to like, okay, like kind of starting out, right? Like let's, you know, kind of creating kind of like a timeline or why this is essential or why this is necessary. I think for me, where I'm coming at this from and really wanting to kind of navigate this and talk about this this week is the expectation that we put on people who are quote unquote public figures, the the weight of what we say and what we don't say, um, and, and, and really who like people who get credit for saying and not really doing anything behind what's said, right? Like you can sit on Twitter for hours with your blue check or without a blue check, right? But because you have 125,000 followers, everything you say is, is oh, it's a, it's great. This mm. person's saying great stuff for doing great stuff. And I'm going, actually, no, this person is causing more problems than really helping out a movement or helping out a people. And then you have the people like us, right? Like I only have like 7,000, 8,000 followers and I'm, I'm out here trying to like change things. Like I'm actively like calling, you know, wanting to reach out and, you know, you know, for instance, you know, Old Navy or Target or all these places that I'm reaching out to and they're looking at me going, well, you only have, you know, six or 7,000 followers, so you're nobody. <laughs> and I'm going, well, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm doing good work here. And so I guess where my, my biggest frustration, you know, in terms of social media, you know, I don't want uh, culture, social media culture is this idea of like, who are the people that are saying things that are, are necessary and getting blue checks because of that or not getting blue checks because of that. And then where do we have conversations around the idea of the folks who are 
really doing and saying things and and just causing more problems in the work that needs to be done around really like certain issues I know you mm-hmm. brought that up earlier today. Well, yeah. I mean, this all started because I get in trouble frequently <laughs> for saying things <laughs> that I'm not <sighs> supposed to say. I mean, in some cases, yes, it's warranted. I have a big mouth and I tend to both spout off um, snarkily or, you know, whatever. I may have a point. I may just be being an asshole that day. Um it, and and sometimes maybe I shouldn't do that. Clearly, I've lost jobs over it. Um, in terms of political uh, commentary, I also tend to kind of side-eye a lot of some of the, you know, occasionally some of the bigger-named quote-unquote activists on Twitter wondering, you know... To me, it feels a bit disingenuous. I'm, I don't want to name people's names or anything like that, but there's instances where I find it, it disingenuous that, you know, your activism has to come with a selfie or, you know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. So it, it makes me question what the real impulse is here. Or when your activism comes with a major brand endorsement, it makes me question, like... You know, what are you... This all kind of started when I was going off about, like, the idea of influencer and the fact that... What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some some people were going back and forth with me on Twitter about this. Um, Because, like, that's a job now. This is a weird world where influencer has become a job. And I do think it goes back to reality TV and the Kardashians and... I don't, I don't mind the idea that, like, obviously, public figures influence culture, duh. But the thing that starts to get, kind of grind my gears is when, inf- when there's, no, there's no next step or there's no kind of skill that comes with it or there's mm-hmm. no, you know, writer's influence, too. And they're also producing articles, books, whatever, um... It's a little weirder on YouTube. You know, some people are producing content on YouTube that mm. that um, is educational or whatever. But there's also just people, like, running around, falling down, and, like, getting 300,000 followers for no reason. Someone told me there's mm. an account on Instagram that has 300,000 followers, and they just, like, slap each other with fish. Um, but because they have 300,000 followers, they get... Mm brand endorsements endorsements and opportunities mm-hmm. and there's like ad agents or there's agencies now my, mm-hmm. my boyfriend works in in fashion um and design and so companies go to these agencies that they specifically want instagram influencers to you know like wear yeah. the clothes so that they can mm-hmm. hashtag it and they look for follower counts um mm-hmm. they don't look for the, like necessarily the quality of the content or whatever it's right. just widest swath of people that we're going to reach quick in quickest amount of time and so this kind of thing you know i i question a lot of uh, and maybe there's no way around it like once you get to a certain level and you become that person that for whatever reason people on twitter or a brand or whoever like latches onto um Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe then it makes it impossible for you to do activism in the same way. Like, I don't want to blame the people themselves, but I do think there are people out there now that are just trying to use social justice issues and activism and a blue check or even not just a large follower count to get endorsements for themselves rather than Mm -hmm. so like. It's not new. There are always people out in activism and I don't call myself an activist by any means. So I should maybe not even be like, like, I don't know. Um, but I do think I, I, I address issues from an educational standpoint. Like it, they're all connected, education, activism, organizing. Right. Um, but I would put myself more, more clearly in an educational space, which comes with some differences. Um, but I don't know, like, I, how do we... It just gets worse, I guess. Well, and now fucking yeah. the original influencer, Kim Kardashian, is the prison reformer or whatever. 
yeah. getting people. <laughs> now we've it's literally crossed into, you know, you can't deny it. Um, yeah. And I, I, you bring up a really good point, I guess, you know, I, I, I want to make this disclaimer while we're having this conversation, because ultimately it would it, it could come across as if like, okay, well, you have two people with blue checks who have a very small social media influence, just throwing shade at the people who have a bigger influence, <laughs> right? right? I, I, I could easily see how somebody could read into that. But I think for me, it's kind of one of those things of like, okay, so, you know, I've, I've gone to several things and this is kind of just, I guess this is where I'm getting at of like, the people who are really doing the work, right? I've been to several conferences. I've been in the last few years um, where I have met other people who are doing social, you know, social media activism or are using hashtags, you know, mm. like people call them hashtag activists. They're doing, ha- they're using their hashtags to make a difference. And I think of people like, you know, Patrice or, you know, I think about people like Francesca Lee. I think about all these people who have like put out books and have done articles and are, you know, teaching classes and doing all of these big big things with their 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 platform to really say there's an issue in our world that we need to address and and people are not addressing it fast enough so i'm going to use my social media influence to uh, to, to to do right. good by that I fucks with that. Yeah. Where I have problems with folks like Kim Kardashian. And I mean, I, I'll name people. I don't really care. You you can come for me if you want to. Um, but I mean, I, I think about, you know, Tim Wise or Sean King or even D-Ray to an extent, right? Like where I have problems with those individuals and particularly knowing how many people follow them, how many endorsements they've gotten is you have people in the community, someone like myself who spends a lot of time in the community saying, these people have not done shit for me. Mm. And they have a very large following. And so I, 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 I guess that's where my head's at in terms of this, you know, what I like to call the blue check gang or, um, you know, the people with blue checks that, that are using their blue check. They've commodified their blue checks or they've commodified their following or they've commodified their, you know, their Instagram piece to, to, and, and said, I'm doing good by it to turn around and make a check and then still leave people in the dark. Mm. My thing is this, and this is where I stand. I always say that, get your money, right? Get your money, <laughs> make your coins. I have no problem with that. Um, I am that girl too, where if an opportunity comes my way, if somebody says, hey, get in these pants, get it in the shirt, look cute, and we'll give you a thousand dollar check, I would take it. <laughs> However, I would still be very intentional about what does that brand say about me? What does that brand say about black, you know, black people? What mm-hmm. does this brand say about queer people? What do, ha, what has this brand done for the good of everybody else, right? There have been numerous companies, even with my small 7,000 count that I have that have reached out to me in the last year and have said, hey, Dr. Higgins, we see that you have somewhat of an influence. Would you like to do this? And I've been like, fuck no, I'm not doing nothing with you because I know what you stand for. I know what you've done and I know what harm you've caused. And so I guess that's where I'm coming from. Like I'm coming from this place of now, right? Like I'm not trying to come for anybody who's using their social media to make their money. Yes, we all have a job to do. But my thing becomes when you have used your social media following to cause more damage than to actually do good, that's what I have a problem with. When I know that there are other influencers who are out there that are actively doing work to support their platform or to support the people who follow them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's about, not really about visibility, but I don't know how to gauge these things anymore. I just feel like some days I get so depressed because I think social media has ruined everything. Um, And maybe it has. I don't know. Like, there's all those dystopian, we're not that far from you know, sci-fi movies that were made 20 years ago. But What is it, Black Mirror? Oh, well, there's that. (laughs) I I haven't watched all of that one, but um, there's all of these things that show, you know, the dangers of letting social media take over or all these technologies take over and what you lose. You gain things and you lose things and whatnot. But um, it, it, it just makes me... I don't know what the word is. Mm-hmm. Confused? No, not, not confused. Um, I don't know. And it, it, it's a different thing, too, for me as someone who is a white guy who, uh, you know, taking an endorsement would be a different thing. Um, it, it could be very much taking it from someone else who deserves it in a different way. Or, you know, mm-hmm. there's all these levels of privilege and hierarchies and 
you mentioned Tim Wise. Um, you know, he's like been the white guy du jour for a long time, talking about anti-racism and going around. And you know, I I like a lot of what he writes. Off sometimes, sometimes. Um, That's fair. I think he's does great work in in different capacities. But I always do have these questions about as someone who wants to not as someone who like wants to be the next Tim Wise or the next you know, big name. I actually hate that. Like, I just want to hide in a corner. <laughs> I want to write a book and hide in a corner and never talk to actual people. Um, no, not really. But <laughs> I don't want to be known in that way. Cause even little moments where people have hopped onto things that I've said, like, I hate it. I don't want to deal with that much right. coming at you all the time, every day. Um, it would be nice to have some money to pay bills, but <laughs> hello, right? Um, I think about these things where this is kind of going off topic, but one of the things I said to you before we got on here was a conversation I think that is needs to be really had among, especially white social justice, whether you want to call yourself influencer or whatnot, mm -hmm. is what is the line between being the like ally appreciator of other cultures, the, uh, you know, the, what's the line between uplifting other voices and this and fetishization of another yeah. culture or another group? Yeah. Because sometimes I think, and that's something I'm always thinking about and trying to navigate, like teaching about Beyonce or teaching, um, a, a novel by black women in class. Like, obviously I don't have the experience, but I think in an educational space, there's a little more leeway to do these things where you're not claiming the experience, but you're just like introducing a book and getting people to read it and talk about it or analyzing a video and talking about it. Um, but in some of these like social justice spaces, it becomes very fraught <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and it feels to me, there are some cases out there that feel to me a lot more like fetishization of black people than mm -hmm. allies of black people or people of color mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. by white people there was right. a whole thing going on around this like and i'm not even i don't want to get into it but like there's a whole conversation going on around museums this mm -hmm. last week and um a white woman being involved in a hip hop exhibit or like just involved in kind of museum curation and it's a conversation that needs to be had and one that yeah. doesn't have an easy answer to happen to have on Twitter. But a lot of the blue check people got into it in that and it became this like back and forth, very strange conversation to watch. Um, and I'm not to I, I don't think white people should never be involved. Cause like that doesn't help either. Like I think there needs to be a, a way to come I'm, I'm speaking in terms of racial justice altogether, not like a particular hip hop thing. I'm not sh actually sure that a white person needs to be involved in that place, but right. Um, right. if if the connections are there and there's something to bring, then yes, that brings a different story. But mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think all white people should just stand by and do nothing and kind of like, you know, it, there has to be work on all sides with all people together. Um, mm -hmm. And I worry that some of that work is being done now through social media um, in a kind of fetishizing way and not in a in a genuine way or or just yeah. as a like, I want to be the the model white ally. Mm -hmm. That yeah. feels weird to me. And you bring up a really good point, because I guess, you know, like I've. I've struggled with this a lot too because I go back and forth often in my own work of like, okay, w w you know, am I really showing up for people? Mm. Am I really doing the work that needs to be done? And, you know, there are moments where people will inbox me and say, you know, your article or, you know, I met you at a, at a speaking opportunity or whatever. And they'll say, you know, thank you for being the voice of so many people. And I, I, I respect that and I, and I appreciate it. But I also think on the same, at the, on the same end of the spectrum there are a lot of people who you know i'm not always i guess for me i don't wake up every day waking up going where's my next money opportunity coming from right like where can i capitalize off of somebody else's pain and i think that that's the thing for me where i guess my heart stands in this conversation around even you know 
the uh, this quote unquote, and I put quotations around it, not to be shady, but I say quotations as this is the title. These, you know, social just social media activists is what I've heard a lot of people say. Um, I I I often go back to this idea. You know, I've heard so many people mention it, but I think the person who really broke it down in a way that felt genuine to me was, you know, Dr. Washington brings up this great point about intent versus impact, mm. and he talks very openly about it. And both research as well as you know social justice this inclusion and diversity work that we have to be extremely intentional about what our 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 intent is and the impact that it has on people and the, and the reason why I bring this up is because I think about folks like so for instance you know you've mentioned a certain individual that we're going to need we're going to leave nameless right my thing becomes you know how almost if you sitting back and sitting down in a chair and kind of watching it play out it becomes come it becomes snaky in a way for me like it, it becomes like when you really look at it you see this person you know kind of slithering their way into the black community and we see this person you know playing out all the tropes of what they believe the black community is allowing them to do right but then when you really sit back and you go well what has this person done for the black community nothing right and so i think that you know while your intent is i want to be a part of the black community the impact is is now you're just you're you're becoming a person that is benefiting off of the pain that black people have and i have to caution myself that too i always say this too like i try i i stand up and i cape for trans people more than what anybody would probably ever know i have been in spaces like yesterday we were at me and my partner were at a space yesterday and I looked at a business owner in his face and said, that shirt you have up there is transphobic, just FYI. And I, I'm always looking for an opportunity to say, but what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to posit myself as being the voice for trans people in a way that's going to silence them. And that's what I, I worry about with people with these, you know, these social media followings. I, I, when does it become genuine or when does it become you just doing it so that way you can take care of yourself and your and your livelihood? I don't know where that where to draw that line and I don't feel like I should be the person to have to draw it. But I think that there, you know, someone had, had tweeted out earlier today, like there needs to be a better standard for how we verify people mm. or for how much we give people. Because I think what's happening now is you have a lot of people who are just looking for an opportunity to say, okay, um, there's somebody stuck in a, you know, a, a cave. Well, let me go ahead and, and jump on that and, and make some money off of it, right? You, you don't give a fuck about the people who are, who are dying in the cave. For you, yeah. as you see an opportunity to be able to come to, to make some money off of the problem, and I mean, again, we always come back to this every episode. I feel that capitalism <laughs> is a bitch, but that's kind of where I stand, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, I guess you know, and so I, I guess kind of even thinking about that, I, you brought up a really good point, and I guess we can kind of jump into this, you know, kind of talk about it. I guess this leads to like a larger conversation of like the whole Kaepernick thing, right? Mm. So I've heard a lot of people say like, I've been seeing conversations go back and forth with it where it's like, you know, I don't know if it's Kaepernick or Kaepernick or however you say the man's name, but uh, you have him, you know, people saying, yes, he's doing this great thing and Nike endorsed it and yes, he's making money and everybody's happy. But then on the other end, you have people going, he's only hurting the applause and the cause of black people by having Nike involved hmm. with it. And that's not to say, like, I guess I also want to make this clear. Nike is a piece of shit. And well, we all right. know it. <laughs> Let's name it. You well, know, and as the tells us. Yeah. Yeah. The other Nike, side of the it corporation is, is, is still a corporation. Yes. I mean, a lot of what I saw going on around it, 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 there's conversation exactly the two sides you mentioned. There's also a conversation around, uh, people applauding Nike, um, Versus people are being like, well, Nike obviously knew this was... They're not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. They know that. Right. And I think it was just today or yesterday, I saw an article that said their stock raised like $6 billion after... $6 million? Yeah. Um, after this. So this was a calculated decision for them mm-hmm. to go in. Not mm-hmm. to say that it can't do any good, any good, right, by raising awareness. But... And... I'm more interested, like, less interested in the Nike conversation because they're a corporation versus Kaepernick and, like, thinking about how he's navigating and doing all this. As someone who, like, knows, doesn't really follow football or sports, but obviously knows about him from all the hubbub around the protests um, 
and his kind of unwillingness to back down and right. he lost a he lost a job for that and that's mm-hmm. so like he sacrificed something and yeah people are like yeah well he still has millions of dollars right you know he's not hurting for rent money the same way <laughs> some people that like if they lose out a freelancer Trust. article are going to hurt for money um but in perspective it's still a sacrifice that he's making that other people aren't making sacrifices maybe that's what to connect back to you know what are you actually doing like what are the sacrifices you've made for the cause um and if there are none and all you've gotten are benefits then maybe you're on the wrong side of the (laughs) scale in terms of what you're doing perfect way to put it because i think about it like i think about activism right the while the word active is present there's still this idea of like every well-known activist that we know of or every well-known activist that has made history has been someone who has put something Mm. in in terms of their livelihood on the line i mean you know i i I started reading uh patrice color's book Mm. on you know when they call you a terrorist and thinking about that right they knew at that moment when they, you know, when they started putting the work behind Black Lives Matters, they knew what was going to come from that. Um, and they were willing to risk that, you know. And I also think about it from, you know, there are a lot of folks who have done some really great activism work. And you see them, you know, there have been folks who've had their homes shot up or they've had, um, you know, they don't feel safe or that, you know, they've lost their jobs, i.e. me, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of go back, me and you both. Like, so I go back to this place of like, you know, what is the act, right? Like, what is the act in your activism? And not saying that everybody has to be an activist if they call themselves an influencer. I am just, I guess for me where I'm at is I'm tired of the people who are these activist influencers who when you ask them when was the latest article they've written or the last school they went to or, you know, what is the one thing you've done for your community? They can't name nothing, Mm. you know? And I guess that's just me as somebody who has a lot to try to put my name and my voice on the line for other people to be able to speak up about the injustices they face. I have a very hard time with people who are benefiting off of the struggle that I've posited myself to have mm. and still don't have anything to show for it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense. And it also makes me think of everything going on around the Me Too movement and mm-hmm. this new potential new Supreme Court probable probably because like nothing stops these (laughs) white men really but like the fact that you know the minute this this woman um dr blasey ford who came out with the accusation didn't want it public she she wanted it known but she didn't want to be public because she's immediately gotten all these death threats all these like it's a just to say it is such a sacrifice for some not not that they think of this as activism necessarily or need to or maybe they do maybe they maybe not um but like the sacrifices so many go through while other people kind of get applauded on social media um you know she's still in hiding because the minute her name leaked to the press she's been getting death threats nonstop, mm. and it's just I can't even imagine. I mean, I know what that feels like on a small scale and it must be so Mm -hmm. much bigger. Um, But like, you know, you put that alongside some of the stuff that happens online, not to say online never crosses into offline. Um, Yeah. But, you know, for every like, thank you for sharing this story, there's like a million negative things coming at someone. Um, Right. And I, I don't know. I just. And who's even to say that you. Right. And who's even to say that, you know, activism requires someone to be suffering the entire time. Oh, right. I don't think that that's what I'm trying to get at either. What I'm ultimately saying is, is, you know, where, where is, if it's, is it about you or is it about the the work that you're trying to do to free others? I guess for me, what I really come, what it comes down to, and I see this a lot with the whole blue check. I see some people wanting the blue check because they just want people to know them. But then there Mm. are people who are like, I, you know, like for myself, what my blue check I blue checked my stuff because I wanted people to know I'm a verified doctor. Like I have a degree. I have a doctoral degree. My work, my, my words come from research, right? So most of the time that I'm talking shit, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be Instagram, wherever, 
it's 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 stuff I've been able to actually right. verify within my own work of saying I did the research so I know what I'm talking about. But I guess, you know, what I really come down, you know, what it really comes down to is that, you know, we talk a lot about I talk a lot about this and, you know, my own tweets and all this that, you know, we don't always have to be suffering to make a difference. Yeah. But where I'm I'm just what I'm tired of. And I guess I, I say this. I'm just tired of people capitalizing off of the pain of someone else. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm getting at when I talk about even down to like, you know, Kaepernick, like I understand he had been, you know, I'm going to take a knee. I'm going to put my fist up. I'm going to say we need to stop police killings. Yes. Great. Fantastic. I love you for it, girl. However, Nike coming around and saying, okay, now we're going to make, we're, we're now going to make a political statement, but it's like, who, at whose expense? Like, what have you done? I guess that's where I, I'm at. I, I go back to like Nike girl, what have you done? Before Kaepernick. Right. Like, what were you doing before? Like, I, you know, all of these influencers who've gotten these blue checks and are now, you know, repping all of these bigger things. Like, tell me, you know, I, I just want to know that people, you know, while people are following you, like, do these people follow you because they follow you or do they follow you because you're truly making a difference for people? And I always say this too, like, I'm looking at my follower account as we speak right now. And if I stay at 7,000 followers... Fine. I'm okay with that because I want people to know that those 7,000 followers know I am out here. I'm currently, I just got off the, you know, I'm not trying to tell you all that I'm doing, but I just got off of a call earlier today where I'm actively working on a movement with other student affairs, higher ed professionals and saying, we need to work on this issue. What are we doing? I'm, I'm, I'm one of the people that are involved in finessing this and doing the research around this. So if you want to ask me, what are you doing, Dr. Higgins? I can tell you. I'm doing a lot of stuff and I don't always have to tell you what I'm doing. However, I'm not just looking for a dollar. I'm not doing the work so somebody can come around and pay me for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm stuck on this, like what this like sacrifice piece. Cause I also don't always think that sacrifice has to mean suffering Yes. Like, but I do think activism requires a sacrifice of some kind, but you can have fun mm-hmm. while like, you know, one of my favorite uh, models of activist was Flo Kennedy, you know, mm-hmm. in the feminist movement and the black uh, civil rights movement and black feminist movements, um, working for all these different things. And, and her big deal was like, if I'm going to do a protest, it's going to be fucking fun. Like we're going to have fun while we do this. And, and so like, it's still, there's still an element of sacrifice because you're or risk, maybe, maybe risk. I don't know. Um, risk is a good word. I like risk risk. instead of sacrifice. Like you're putting yourself on the line by going to a protest. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how people are going to react. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's various levels, you know, you, there's, there's things that mean some people, can take on more risk than others or whatever. And there's all of that. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other conversation. Um, right. But it doesn't have to be suffer. Like you don't have to suffer necessarily. Um, you can also, there can also be risk or sacrifice or whatever that's fun. And that's, or at least uplifting. Like, I don't know. It's, uh, I think one of the things and just how like talking it out, people do often associate sacrifice with suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be. Right. I think so to, you know, not to say that everyone that's out there with their blue check has to sacrifice something to prove you're an activist and you prove yeah. yourself, but there has mm-hmm. to be risk involved. Um, and there has to be risk, um, that correlates to your own levels of privilege that you have. So like as right. a, as a white man out there doing all of this stuff, um, I think as an, uh, as a white man myself, um, there needs to be like a larger level of risk that you're willing to put yourself in or else it's not, it doesn't equal, um, some smaller risks by other people that, that have less access to privilege can make just the same difference. Um, so you have to like put all of that into its own correlation or whatever i don't know what the right words no, are here you're no i think you i think you kind of hit the nail on the head and i think this is you know this this speaks to kind of like what kind of started this conversation for us and like i said i know originally we you know we had started talking about pop culture and then we kind of led into this conversation about this and i think that this is a, a a very much needed conversation because i think it's happening a lot i think that there are 
certain blue checkers, like the, the like the people in the blue check world, who are actively putting their livelihood at risk of oh, right. knowing that they could potentially be ousted out of. Like, I mean, I think about Jamila Hill, right? Like, so is, is that her name, Jamila, uh, or from, the one from? Um, I think she was on a sports show. Oh, wrong? Jamel Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamel Hill. Again, yeah, so, I don't really know all that about sports. Yeah, 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 like yeah she, yeah. she but, risked something by, by right. coming Right, so out. like her using her, her, her platform and saying, we need to talk about black women, we need to talk about blackness, we need to talk about, I mean, I think about Reign of April often. I think about even you to an extent. Like, you know that people are watching you. You know that people <laughs> are quote unquote ready to come after you at any given time and yet you still continue to speak out about things and so I mean even like you know as a and I, I don't want to get so much right like... well whatever girl people <laughs> always have something to say I, I just sometimes everybody gonna have something to say anyway I but know, I, right. I say that like I don't want to get too mushy but I'm saying like I think it's imperative of that's what makes me always come back because I get I get asked a lot you know people go you keep a lot of white people around you <laughs> to be this very pro-black queer person and I'm going yeah but I also fuck with a lot of white people who get it. Hmm. And I think that that's the thing that I'm, I'm very cautious about. I don't keep people around me, whether they're black, brown, Latinx, not whatever. Right. If you're not out here doing work and you're not out here risking something to, to change, we ain't got nothing to talk about. Mm. And I think about that a lot. And so I say all of that to come back to, you know, a lot of these blue check folks. A lot of these blue check folks like myself know that there are places that won't publish them, mm. won't, you know, places that won't hire them. I've had a lot of places that, I, that I've, you know, pitched to say, you know what? We don't really know about you. You know, we don't know. Your voice is a little too, you know, it's quote unquote, I, it always coded, right? It's too aggressive. It's too this, it's too that. And I go, fool, fine. Then that means that I don't need to write for you or that means that I don't need to come to your school and talk to your students or that means that we don't need to do, work together at all. Mm. But I, I am saying, I actively know every morning when I get up and I put on my shoes, I put on my shirt, I put on my shorts, whatever, and I wear my blackness and I wear my queerness and I wear all of this stuff unapologetically unapologetically that is me walking and moving in my activism and and risking something i go to the gym daily and there are not moments where i you know I, 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 and i'm talking all over the place right now but i'm just thinking out loud there are moments when i'm even at the gym and i look over my shoulder because i know i'm a queer black man in a a gym where hyper masculinity is is mm. huge at the gym i go to and so all i'm always constantly well maybe not all but <laughs> and that's a whole conversation we right. could probably have on a different day but i'm just saying like i know what my risks are by just me being me right. and me walking out the door and so i but I, I i don't feel like i have to necessarily always look to capitalize off of that if somebody wants to pay me to talk to people about what they can do to make someone like me or make someone who has my experience their life a little bit better then hey that's fine mm. but i'm not actively going out here going please hire me because i'm black and queer and i and i want to you know i i don't need to do that and so i just think about that a lot like you know risk is a real big thing for me and i really wish people understood what it's like to risk a lot of who you are to speak truth to power right like to to really mm. know like even i was on a panel a couple weeks ago and i said something and as it was coming out of my mouth i was like you are jeopardizing so much right now by saying this and i was just like fuck it i'm gonna say it anyway <laughs> and <clears throat> excuse me i think about that a lot like i'm constantly positing myself in different spaces to be my authentic self, but sometimes that authentic self comes with the risk. But I think about that often. Like if you have a platform and you're out here really saying you're doing the work, then you don't care about the risk and you're going to do what you need to do. And people who get behind it will, and the people that don't will go a, diff a totally different way. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, what I won't be doing is smashing pies in my face and doing all this other stuff that people do to get views on YouTube and all that. I'm not doing any of that. that. I ain't got time for it. Is that a new challenge or something? Girl, it's Smash stupid, girl. Some of the stuff I see on social media, I want to, I'd roll my eye. I just roll my eyes at deeply. Like I deeply sigh. Like I think about, I don't want to even say his name because I don't want to give him that much. But that boy who filmed oh, all those people in that forest. Um, oh, right. Um, the suicide forest, like him and his brother both like, oh, my God, I'm just I it, didn't even know who they were until that happened. And then people started talking about him. And I'm like, are they really that popular? And I looked at the page are. and it was like, holy shit. Why yeah, is they anyone are paying attention to these people? millions <laughs> of views? And, and, and that's, that's what I mean whole... by like an influencer that has no like, what are you influencing and what is your mm -hmm. skill? What are you mm -hmm. doing? <laughs> yeah. You're, you just, you, you've, you've learned. And it's the thing I also think about too, like 
a lot of people, and this is just something else that I want people, I guess kind of, I'm going to move into this and then we're going to move on. I think a lot of people miss the idea that there are a lot of people who know what they can use their platform for to get attention, to make money off of versus the people who stay true to who they are and what they do and know that they're not going to get any money. And so I guess I'm going to say all of this to say this, there's this assumption that just because you have a blue check, that you're out here making tons of money, that you're out (laughs) here doing all of this stuff, that you're just this most important person in the world. And then when you connect with other people with blue checks that you think you're better than other people, I'm gonna go ahead and nip that shit right in the bud as we speak. A lot of the blue checker friends that I have when we get together, we get together and we talk to each other about how broke and how tired (laughs) and how angry we are about the way life is treating us because we're like, we're working and we don't have anything to show for it. I actually went to lunch with some friends this weekend and we were just like, can people stop passing judgment on me for having a blue check? Like I'm out here struggling and working hard just like everybody else. Can y'all stop Mm. adding me thinking that I can just call somebody at NBC and get you a job? Like (laughs) that's not how it works here, sis. Cause I don't even have that luxury. (laughs) Yeah. I'd have a job if I could just call someone. A... <laughs> Hello. What do you mean? Whatever. Hello. Yeah, I would. I too. I know too. Rachel Dolezal. I too. Would have a lot more opportunities if I could just call somebody and be like, "Hey, girl, I need to work." That's. But it don't work that way. That's so really just because I have a blue check doesn't mean that I have something to give you, sis. That... So stop asking. This whole stop thing. Stop asking. Really started in my head because I tweeted that Rachel Dolezal meme yesterday, <laughs> saying, "I too would like hundreds of thousands of dollars to influence." Like what? <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of things I can influence I people on. Yeah. I would influence people on going to the gym and how terrible that is. <laughs> I would love to influence people on how to eat right because I just recently started doing that and I'm hungry and angry. Mm. Um, I would love to influence people on how to just be quiet. There's a lot of things right. that I would love to get paid to influence people on. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. I don't get paid for that. So with that being said... um. I guess the question, you know, we want to ask people, you know, what what are you wanting, what are you willing to risk hmm. in doing whatever work that you're doing, and how is it impacting people? And I guess that's kind of like the takeaway for this week's, uh, you know, syllabus is, you know, really asking yourself what what are you willing to risk in the work that you're doing? Who are you doing it for? Um, and having real conversations with yourself. If you just want to be a love and hip hop type girl, be a love and hip type, you know, be a love and hip hop type girl, make your coins, do your Cardi B thing, do all of the other stuff that they do. I don't watch love and hip hop, so I don't know much about it. Um, but I, I, I just, I struggle with people who are actively saying I'm out here doing all of this stuff and, and the community is still saying where, where you at sis, mm. you know? So, all right. So. Do you want to um, tell people we are still pushing to get questions for the show? So right. do you want to tell people that you know? Yeah, asklearnt at gmail.com. Um, questions, concerns, thoughts, ideas, topics, suggest- whatever, you know, email us. Yeah. Just you want to say hi. If you see a cute mm-hmm. dog on the street and you want to send us a picture, you can send mm-hmm. it there. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah, any questions is open. So yes, asklearnt at gmail.com. So with that being said, we're going to get into our gripes. I know we probably have a lot this week. I just want to just call them what they are. They're just our gripes. We're just going to go ahead and get into the gripes this week because I have maybe two, but I just want to throw it to you to see if you have anything on your mind that's been bugging you. Well, actually, yeah. And I hate when like teachers go off about student, whatever, but like, okay, read the directions. (laughs) I am teaching some online classes right now. Okay. And I mean, so maybe one of my gripes is just online education or like online <laughs> teaching. I get that yeah. it's helpful and accessible in different ways that, you know, for some that can't get into um, for geography or whatever, like you aren't able to drive into a school or blah, 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 whatever. Um and online education is great for all that. But there are also, right. <laughs> the technology that we have should be much better. Like, so I'm teaching classes that I can't really do anything. The syllabus is not mine. It's given to me and I just kind of like go through the syllabus that's predetermined assignments, blah, blah, blah. Read the directions, kids, students, <laughs> adults, if you're in classes. I can tell that you did not read the directions. You are not fooling me. Because, you know, mm-hmm. there's like a module and you have a video and an article you read and then you get to the part where you submit 
either a write-up or an assignment, whatever it is. Like, if you skip all of that stuff and go straight to the to the assignment part, it is clear. And I do not have all this time to waste. I do not get paid well anyway. Right. <laughs> and now I have to waste all this time, like, restating the directions and... Did you read? Did you watch the video? Oh no, there was a video. Oh lord, there was a video. Yes, there was a video. Like I can't. Just read the directions. Just read. <laughs> if you if you're in a class, if you're in a whatever. One time I tried to. I I caught everyone because I sent them an email, and I was like, if you've read this far in the email, please send me an email with your favorite song right now. No, like two of them did it out of forty. Like people. I know you're not reading. <laughs> just do it. Just you know that's a real that's a real thing, and I don't even think it's just your class. Oh I, no, it's not. Don't it's read. not. It's people not. don't read. People, and that goes back to kind of even us what we were talking about earlier about this idea that everybody will people will see one tweet and oh, will right. run. But it's like, but did you read the thread, girl? Did you read did the you thread? Read the did thread? you read the article, not just the headline? Did you read? No. Nope. Even even with the the museum thing that happened over the week, not to say, but there was mm-hmm. so much information. Like, I don't even actually know what the that girl's job is actually at the museum. Everyone was going on about one tweet without actually learning or thinking or like you know figuring things out. So like people just take one moment and go with it. There's no, it's no wonder like that's why fake news. That's why that is a thing. That's why it happens on all sides. We got to just read the directions, read the whole thread, read the article, not just the headline, read the, um, if it's not clear, you, you've always got Google. If you're on Twitter, you can easily just switch windows to Google and Yep. Put in a little more thing. So I, it's even my favorite is when you catch people not really not reading because they'll respond to a like two year old tweet. Mm-hmm. Someone like brings it back for some reason and they're responding to it like it's just <laughs> happening today, but they didn't read all the way through to see the date. I'm like, oh lord, Girl, that happened in 2010. Right. <laughs> they're trying to get someone fired who was already fired six years ago like oh I don't my know. god i don't know and you know what i'm not going to even sit up here and act like i'm not that girl sometimes i will I see something and i will <laughs> think it because it sounds relevant right. you know because sometimes you read stuff and it, it was terrible back in t- right. 2011 in 2011 and so it sounds like it'd be terrible now too so i just assume <laughs> right that it happened yesterday and it didn't so i i'm not i'm even put, i'm gonna go ahead and put myself up there i do it t- i've done it too but like if 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 it's wrong, then just like delete it or or whoops, that was two years old. Like people just keep going with it because once it, uh-huh. once it takes off, there's no stopping it, even if it's the wrong right. information. I know I said that right. before, but it, there, it's no. really true. It goes viral and everyone's talking about some six year old thing, and like then everyone looks like a fool. So come on, yeah, come on, everybody, and that's that's real. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm just going to say it again. Please read. It, it, reading is fundamental and it's not just something you do online to be, sh- you know, shady or messy. Please read the full, the full caption. So, um, so I'm gonna go ahead and get into that. So the two things that I am going to address, uh, this week, um, I'm going to try to say them as nicely as I can. Um, cause I know I have a way with my words and I have people always jumping down my throats about that. Um, but with that being said, the first thing that I want to acknowledge are the people who, um, okay. So I am always out in public often. Um, I go to Target a lot. I mean, we all do this. We go to Target, we go to Trader Joe's, we go to different places, we buy stuff, we go to you know malls, whatever. I have this thing is I, so one of my biggest pet peeves are wet floors. It's random. I don't really understand it or know where it came from, but it just, it, ugh, it makes me so gross. <laughs> but something else that's starting to really get on my nerve are people who just walk and then stop right in the middle <laughs> of the walkway. Oh, sure, sure. And it's, and it's, and it just, I don't know why it makes me seethe so deeply but I have literally wanted to scream at people, get out of the way. Like, I don't know why it bugs me so much, but I just, I I am putting this as an APB. If you are that person who likes to stop and think, if you are a person who likes to stop and gawk and just look at things, move out the way. Move to the side. 
Move to the side. Get out of my way. That's Look, the first thing I wanted. In New York, we don't. We do say get out. <laughs> People will do this, and sometimes oh. it's tourists, sometimes not. But like on a busy sidewalk, just stop in the middle to like check your phone to see if you're going the right way. No, you got to get to the side. Get to Move. the side because. And if you get pushed, that's on you, yeah, girl. That is, that's on you. Oof, that's totally on you. I understand that one. So. So that's the first one, and then the second one is. Um, it's really silly, but I'm just going to feel the need to say it and put it out into the masses. Um, parents who have children with strollers, if your baby <laughs> is big enough to push the stroller, you, I, I put this up on social media the other night and yeah. I said, I, when we have our podcast, I'm going to mention this. Please stop putting 13, 14 year old children in strollers. <laughs> like, Please, like I would I don't like know to be why. pushed around in a stroller too, but I can. I don't, you, you know, need to. So, like, yeah. I don't know why it bugs me, but no, I was. I recently. <laughs> I went to Disneyland last Monday. Then I was at a fair yesterday, and as I was just minding my business, I kept looking around and I kept going, "Why are these parents pushing these big ass kids? Like, if the kids' knees come up to their neck in the stroller." They don't need to be pushed. Get out of the stroller. And then that's the other thing, too, because I guess I guess this will really kind of goes back to my first pet peeve. Then you have this big ass kid in the stroller who's dragging his feet, which means you stop in front of me, which means I run into you or which means you run into the back of my feet. So it just it's it's, it's cyclical. It's all cyclical. And I just need people to stop the madness. So please stop stopping in the middle of the walkway. And number two, stop pushing big ass kids in the stroller. It's unnecessary. And um, I'm gonna start handing out tickets. That's what I'm starting. I'm gonna also, carry on. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm gonna start handing out tickets. Also, why are strollers so big? It's like a minivan <laughs> these days. Like I know things so have cool. gotten better, but it's like an SUV stroller with 16 wheels and like 13 kids can sit in it, and oh, God, people are trying man. to push it through a, a one door and it's too wide. Like, and I'm at the coffee shop. <laughs> And they're asking for help. And I'm like, I, I would like to help you, but I don't know what plan you have to get it through. It doesn't fit through the door. Like, if you need six people to lift and, like, then you can't come in here. I just, I don't know. No. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you can't come in I here. Don't I don't know it. what to do. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, my God. If you, it is just too big. It's too big. It is, it just, oh. Yeah. I get so frustrated with that. But. I've said all of us I've had to say this week. So um, thank you for listening to another episode of Learnt. We are so thankful for you for tuning in. Um, We're going to try to keep this regular. Um, Again, start expecting more, um, I would say, biweekly episodes coming your way. Um, And then also, too, we're going to be looking to do more stuff. advertisements we're looking at on advertisements. All these other things in the next couple of months, but we are actively working. Is there anything you want to mention to folks? I don't think so. Announcements. Stay. Stay. Just stay. Stay. (laughs) Just stay up, really. Stay Stay up. up. It's a lot happening. Don't don't let it get you. I mean, it will get you down. Everything will get you down. Just keep going, I guess. Keep going. Yes, please. Um, I just want to, I want to shout out everybody who used their rent money to go see Beyonce. Um, I, <laughs> I did not, not I was this not weekend, her. but it went for my New York show I did. So, yeah. So shout out to everybody who, you know, is going to be a little short. Um, do what you got to do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being shady cause I didn't get to go, no. but at the same time it is what it is. <laughs> um, and then also wanting to throw out, um, so in the next, for anybody who's listening, anybody who's interested, please feel free to reach out to me. Or reach out to the podcast, but we are looking to actively. I've been doing a lot of. I've, so I should say this: I've been having a lot of inclusion conversations around what does inclusion look like, what does it, what does the real meaning of inclusion um, really mean in terms of higher ed, or what does it mean in life and, and work, whatever. Um, so if anybody has thoughts or you know or want to give out ideas about inclusion, I'm looking. I'm doing some work around that. More scholarly, but, you know, it is what it is. And then also promoting the idea that both of us are able to be booked. So if you want to book one of us to speak, you can book Kevin or you can book me or you can book us together and we'll do a live episode at your school. That's something that I actually want to promote. But you can send us an email um, if you are looking to do that. I hit the road again the beginning of October and I have uh, at this point four schools booked for the next couple of months. Um, And then, um, yeah. 
some other stuff that I can't really chat about, but stuff is coming. Cool. So, yes. Well, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. And until next week or the week after that, <laughs> we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye, y'all. I got it. If you live it for the moment, I don't stop. I celebrate.